Hey there. I'm going to wrap up this whole idea in a simple, while reductive, analogy. And I think it can hold an incredibly useful value in a wide blanket of circumstances. I think most of those listening will at some point have gotten a lecture, whether from education or absorbed through the culture, that eating whole foods, that is unprocessed fruits, vegetables, meats, anything like that, Hell, a whole grocery, hell, a whole grocery chain, was able to profit off of this by wrapping it up into a brand and selling it. More ideas on that later. the in, The intent behind this "eat whole foods" is that getting unrefined nourishment into our bodies is going to metabolize into better fuel, and it's the healthiest thing for us. The logic is simple and easy to understand. Unrefined foods will require less effort for your body to break them down. A cereal bar packaged into a factory-made meal requires so much added to it so the manufacturer can have an identical product from box to box and to keep its shelf stable. One's body will have to reduce and extract all of that down in order to reach whatever quality nutrients are inside of which there aren't many. Given how all those steps that I just went over to create what's inside the box and to make it visually appealing burn out most of the real nutrients, whatever is actually in there, mind you, can be a whole slew of other things that aren't that great since crafting a processed food stuff allows the producer an immense amount of lead to choose piss-poor ingredients. Because, let's face it, the medium of processed foods outputs roughly the same taste regardless of quality. The act of grinding, mixing, and packaging expels most of the difference into the sum of the parts. A brand of top-quality ketchup, let's just say, compared to those found in McDonald's packets, it's noticeable to the tongue. But there's such a subtle spectrum of difference between that, the difference almost may not apply. Let's just say someone is watching a top-flight sports team compete against their mid-ranked competitor. The unaware viewer would likely reduce that match down to the sum of their feelings on the sport, or their feelings watching just those two teams play, not knowing that that mid-ranked opponent could still be one of the best in the world. If someone is squeezing ketchup in a crowded, loud city macdo, or tapping some organic ketchup out of a glass jar set in a beautiful oceanside porch, the experience is going to be more of what goes into it than the actual quality. If you bring McDonald's ketchup to that same pristine setting, people may not be any wiser in the taste. See, the experience and what the person brings to it drives so much of the perception. Maybe that loud city McDonald's is igniting fond memories of their childhood with the extra tang of McDonald's ketchup pairing with the salt and fries in such a way to bring them back. Or maybe this was a meal on a first date that was a result of a series of hilarious happenstances. The set of circumstances unique bringing that person to that moment, tied with what they bring in from all of their life circumstances before, sum up their perception, which is both rather lofty and mundane. The truth that makes all of this more difficult to see is that while igniting all the right cells in all the right places, eating the McDonald's is harming us. If we choose the least quality choice, 
The first time we do that, it weighs more of our choice and our feeling while eating it for the next time. And when we continue on and on and on, it's going to discount our ability to keep going after that bad choice. If we eat a Pop-Tart for breakfast one day, we will likely feel the sugar crash and not feel as robust. But if we eat a Pop-Tart every day, that routine, that habit, masks the effects of it, which is where we go back to the whole foods. You want healthy whole foods to be coming into your body because then it's going to perpetuate feeling better and better and better. So that feeling good is your norm. But the experience of eating things that are sugary or packaged or the convenience of them tends to discount what we like to feel about it. Not to mention everything is packaged, branded, marketed to us in such a way to hide the fact that this is exactly what it's doing. Once again, why we need active effort. We need the active effort to be able to spot, oh, this is trying to manipulate me into something else even if that manipulation is sugar. So the best thing for you is to get it directly from the source. You can make ketchup yourself. It's a task. Maybe you don't have time for it. Totally understandable. But the point here lies true. The best things for you are the things that are directly from the source and you see what goes in. Because if you don't see what goes in, any number of things can be put in there. If it's sugar in McDonald's ketchup to make it taste better, or colors on a Pop-Tart to make it seem more appealing, which just means it takes a lot of active effort. If you do want to get something that's packaged, definitely understand what's in it. That's active effort. It's difficult. But however, it's a good principle to keep in mind, and it's one that applies to data as well. In the ever-increasing digital world we're living in, we're starting to have this concept and activity of data enter our language and life more and more. 2016 was the year of Facebook data and Cambridge Analytica creeping in and starting to move it into the zeitgeist more. Then came data hacks, leaks, surveillance, ever more, ever more. We get flashed with statistics all the time, and by some trick of logic or narrative, they can be quite compelling. Reading a headline with a jaw-dropping statistic will immediately enter in as fact when the possibilities to question it are so wide and varied. Taking a pure information technology play, I'm going to say this flatly, always question any statistic. How was that number composed? Were there multiple numbers added together and averaged to get it? Is it all from one data source, all fed in? Was it from multiple places? Similar questions you would ask for food. Where did it come from? How was it put together? What are the ingredients? Where were the source of the ingredients? What was allowed to get added in? So on and so forth. Because let's just say, if I was to submit any report to anyone paying for, informa- paying for information presented in such a way, all of the means for calculating the data would need to be presented along with it. Just as if I was making somebody a high-end meal, they're going to either expect I choose good ingredients or they're going to want to know about it. That, though, is not a norm in an internet culture. To chase down where data actually is coming from for some top-of-the-line story. But seeing any flashy number should elicit the same reaction as seeing a super colorful processed treat. If you look into it, 
and it's a whole source from a reputable means and process in such a way that makes sense to you, by all means, consume the data. Even if it doesn't, even if it's the equivalent of McDonald's data, that's totally fine. Just be aware of it. Because you can be consuming things that are nothing but empty calories and not know it. And regardless of what you do, always leave room to question and change later. So many items were thought to be healthy or excellent substitutes only to discover they later were awful. And we have to update our diets when we learn something new. Same goes for data. We need to update when we learn more about a source we thought we trusted. Because having the full path of that data out in front of us, we can see a perspective on how it was built. Because having all of that is going to allow us to make judgments with how it was presented, find new insights along with it, and actually be able to more deeply understand the topic at hand and the complexity within it. Because everything is far more complex than a single headline number. Any single number anyways, or even an array of thousands of numbers, is a poor substitute for whatever reality it represents. Data can be and is wildly useful, but not if we take it at face value, especially when it is given to us. Motive, intention, bias, all of that is baked in. Same with straight ignorance. We can't know what we don't know. We can't do this exercise for everything, nor do we want that. There is and always will be more data read more information created than ever can be broken down. But teaching ourselves how to process what's hitting us, though, is a lifelong effort and can make our interaction with reality better. If it's choosing broccoli over a broccoli bar or what data we're actually accepting. That process, like all things, gets easier the more we train and the more we keep doing it. Otherwise, if we're just being passive, we're susceptible to all sorts of manipulation we may not even know is happening, and to all types of things, like ignoring sugar and not realizing sugar's in everything. We can end up believing that cookies don't cause any type of diabetes or any number of now insane things. Ideas, particularly bad ideas, if I'm to steal from Felipe Fernandez Armesto, can spread quickly by this means. Crafted in such a way, through intention or just as a feature of what we'll catch, bad ideas spread as if they're true. When running through a similar exercise in what's the origin of the idea, what's composing the basic inputs to it, what does this idea serve, and what's the story it's driving? Same with data or food. We want ideas whole from the source. With the same level of acknowledgement we gave data, we can never go all the way down the rabbit hole. Many ideas in my Western culture can get rooted to Aristotle, then Plato, then Socrates, then Solon, etc., etc. But they also came from the chance encounter that an individual had or cultural interaction. Lost to time and lost to me. We can never know it all. 
but by attempting to see the stars that make up the constellation of an idea we're being presented, we can more deeply understand the complexity behind it. And in some cases, the lunacy of it all. Or the utter genius too plain to see it at first. In my time today, jam-packed junk is being presented to us at any time of day. It's too hard not to get data streamed to us. Before, we had to seek out the source or seek out information or get, or get it from someone who got it second or third hand. <laughs> now it's just everywhere. This idea that I'm suggesting of going to the root of where did something come from, what was before that, how did it all get put together, how did it get aggregated, what are people trying to tell me, what's in this fruit I'm eating. Before, what I was suggested was pretty much required to do anything. Is this food okay to eat? Is this thing someone's telling me real? How good is that idea? Has it been tested? Such as to say, what I'm saying isn't original, or even all that insightful. It's the way things had to be. Now it's all too easy, too profitable, too momentous to stop and break down what the hell red dye number five is, and should it be in my cupcake, or exercise drink. Or how much money is spent in healthcare or anything that ends with an ism, said in allegiance or slander. If enough of us, though, recognize the pattern of complexity recognition, like I'm proposing, or another method unlike what I outline, but reaches an aim to deeply understand reality, we can make some serious collective progress. We don't progress only from massive, loud movements. Traditionally, that brings only worse results. But from a group of dedicated people alone, trying to steadily do better, that grows over time, that's real progress. The truth none of us wants to recognize is that we're all dying, and the problems we face as a species won't be solved in the time we're on this blue dot. But we can play our role, which can start from just understanding better the world around us and not taking it at whatever anybody is trying to tell us it is.